what's up everything oh captain my captain our fearful trip is done the ship has weathered every rack the prize we sought is won the port is near the bells i hear the people all exulting while follow eyes the steady keel the vessel grim and daring when walt whitman wrote those words in 1865 was he talking about the dearly departed abraham lincoln or was he talking about Braden shin who wouldn't be born until the 1990s you tell me but the fact of the matter is Braden Shin is our new captain, my captain, and will be leading the Blues into the next generation. We'll talk about that ahead. Plus, we'll do a Jersey update around the NHL and preview the Pacific and Atlantic divisions touching both oceans in this loaded podcast. So let's get started and let's go Blues. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Tuesday, September the 26th. Nailed it. And Braden Shin will be the 24th captain of the St. Louis Blues. We've got a lot to cover today, Ian, but there is actually some news that pertains to the Blues for once, which is very exciting. The season is right around the corner. It's in the probably in the teens now, right? Crazy. What are we? What's today? Tuesday? Yeah, we're sixteen days away. Brett Hall, the Blues number days away. Yeah. Hey, oh, I'm sure that um, was posted somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. First, before we get into Braden Shinny, and how's your life? How's your week been? How you doing? It's been good. Lots of uh, hail today, as I'm sure. I was going to say, I'm sure everyone in St. Louis knows, but that's not true. I think it only did it. In a very specific area of West County. So if you're out here and you got hit by a bunch of hail. But we're not going to specify yeah. what specific area of West County. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. If you get hit by hail, then you live somewhere close to me within a 5 to 25 mile radius. We're not going to specify which Parkway High School you can see out the front, out the back window of Ian's house. No, oh, no, no. You got to get They know the cardinal directions. <laughs> that's right um well i'm glad you're safe your car's okay oh yeah it was in a garage oh good that's that's one of the best parts about garages now i i thought i saw a car in their video that is one of the best parts about garages really the only important part to me i don't really Mm -hmm. use it for storage so i guess that's not entirely true but i don't use it a lot for storage because mine's tiny so i can't (laughs) um that's good to know. I'm glad. Uh, you want to jump right into the Blues news? Yeah, let's do it. People are chomping at the bit for captaincy news. People That's love right. captaincy. People both overemphasize and underemphasize how important the captain is. But uh, as of about a week ago, I guess it was Wednesday. Was it Wednesday last week? Thursday? Sometime last week. Uh, yeah. Former fifth overall pick in 2009, Braden Shin, who has played, hold on, hold on, hold on. That'll be a thousand games, 800 right? and, 836 is my guess. Uh, 858. Wow. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, 858 NHL games who will play presumably his thousandth 
with the Blues and has now played one more game with the St. Louis Blues than he has any other franchise. Wow. Uh, he played 424 with the Flyers and has played 425 with the Blues. And he was named captain of the St. Louis Blues, the 24th captain on sometime last week, to the surprise of, I think, almost nobody. Um, the only other option in my mind was Robert Thomas. Uh, I would have probably liked that more, but uh, we can talk about it after we go through some of these facts. Thomas, Pareko, and Falk were all named alternate captains. Um, some quotes from Shin. He says, I don't think it has set in yet, to be honest. The history of this franchise, the great captains they've had, and now getting your own name added to that extraordinary list is a huge honor that I'm thankful for. I'm excited for the opportunity and the challenge this will bring. Honestly, your first initial reaction is how big of an honor it is. I've always said St. Louis has been the best thing for me. Getting the opportunity to come here and play, winning the Stanley Cup, and now being named captain, it's an opportunity for us to work together and get back to where we feel we should be as an organization. I'm looking forward to the challenge and the opportunity to lead this team. Shin, who is 32, will be entering his seventh season with the Blues after being acquired by the club in a trade with the Philadelphia Flyers at the 2017 NHL Draft. He has served as an assistant captain in each of the last three seasons and has contributed 341 points, 131 goals, and 210 assists in 425 regular season games with the club to go along with a uh, 20, a 12 point performance on route to the Stanley Cup that saw him score five goals and seven assists, um, including one in the Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup game seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Game, or uh, goal three. Yeah, okay, I, I thought so. He he went on that real icy streak in the middle of them playoffs, isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, he, he cold pl- streak, he played a part. Oh, yeah, what was it? He scored in game six against the sharks at home in st louis because he like literally snapped a stick in half over like his knee when he scored I broke do remember that. the uh scoreless streak if you will yeah let's i mean see. that's let's what look, he did let's look back at uh <laughs> if you will which is what he did <laughs> um yeah so he scored in winnipeg a couple times then didn't score uh in let's see holy hell one two three four <laughs> five six seven eight nine ten ten games without a point and then 11 12 13 games without a goal scored Dang. in the final game against the sharks and then scored three in the stanley cup final including two point games uh in game one and game four and the goal in the game seven uh and was a plus two in that game as well so um in any case Bridgen uh has had a sensational um time with the blues he's really experienced a career renaissance i would say um it was funny i was listening to an old well i listened to spit and chicklets for the first time in in ages uh this week because of all the um, Tortorella stuff or not Tortorella stuff wrong wrong crazy old head coach <laughs> Babcock stuff uh, yeah. did we talk about that last time we did we did okay good 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 my my memory is failing me but um 
and they went through at one point like which captain for each team like Whitney was just naming them off the cuff and yeah. one of the only ones that he actually named off the cuff without thinking was Braden Shin uh, which I think speaks probably to his reputation around the league and his role within the team and when you think about it unless you were really ready to hand over the reins to that new generation uh, this is probably the only realistic pick so what are your thoughts on naming Braden Shin as captain? Yeah, it definitely seems like the only option they had. I mean, realistically, like you said, like Robert Thomas could be that captain, but I just don't think he is necessarily old enough or even really grown into that role. Um, you know, him getting an A is is nice and kind of like a step towards that. But yeah, Braden Shen, I think, just fits the bill in terms of being an elder statesman and having been here for quite some time now I think it's crazy to think that he's played more games here now than he has in Philadelphia I mean he's been here since the summer of 2017 which just to me feels like it was just yeah. yesterday but <laughs> I'm like uh-oh that was like two years before COVID and COVID was long ago now so um you know congratulations to him and I think it's like a, a big honor but I think a lot of people too within St. Louis were were making a big deal out of it or like how great this was and like well it's just kind of is what it is i don't know i just never really care too much about captaincy like it's a nice little lineage i have like the st louis blues captains whatever you call it canvas they gave away mm -hmm. like two or three years ago because i don't even think it has i think it has bacchus on it i don't even think that it has petrangelo um I think so yeah and like, I mean, it's really cool. It's a cool list of names. And I think it's a big deal to him and everyone in the room. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the C on him. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. It's a nice little bit of news to start off the like preseason with or training camp with. I guess maybe that's why they did it. Like we need to actually have a captain before we start going into games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think everybody makes either too big a deal out of the captaincy or too little of one, weirdly, if that makes sense. And like, I don't know, I think I think it does matter. I think I definitely not in that, not in that camp that says, oh, this doesn't matter at all. It's just a ceremonial thing. But um, I do always I really hate I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves with hockey fans is when people just pretend to know what's going on in the room because you don't you don't have a mm -hmm. you may kind of guesstimate things from post game interviews and this, you know, sort of drips and drabs that Jeremy Rutherford lets out into the world, but you don't really know. And so, you know, Braden Shin seems like the leader on the ice seems like the leader in the um, in some of the post game interviews and now is the leader. But I do get. I do get tired of the measure of a captain being the guy who throws hands first, mm -hmm. you know, like that seems to be the blues fan general, you know, bluesier measure of a captain. And I'm not necessarily saying that those are mutually exclusive, but uh, they tend to be, you know, not my number one criteria for measuring a captain. So, well, I definitely um, remember people being a little annoyed when Petrangelo got named captain over like Steen or somebody, you know, mm -hmm. because Petrangelo wasn't, Hard-nosed like Steen, or big-nosed like Steen. <laughs> That's um, true. But, I know that schnoz from outer space. <laughs> you know that schnoz in the Deerbergs. That's right. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the, one of the things that the only time to me that the captaincy really matters is when it 
when it comes to that, you know, 10 year captaincy or, you know, somebody has been the captain forever and, mm-hmm. and it becomes a real honor, you know, um, but it's funny. You kind of, you kind of forget sometimes that people who seem like that aren't actually that like, I remembered or was reminded the other day but that Patrice Bergeron was only actually the Bruins captain for three seasons. He was named captain in 2020-21 when uh, Chara left. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would have thought he was captain of that team forever. So, you know, it really doesn't matter. It's more of a status thing. But um, I still, you know, I think it has some weight with the team and with the locker room and with the officials. So uh, good for Shin you know, couldn't, can't complain about it too much, certainly. Um, and very exciting to, you know, um, at least have that determined and ready to go for next season. Let's talk about the Blues Prospect Tournament very quickly, because I have not paid too much attention. Um, the St. Louis Blues first Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. Am I saying that right, Ian? I believe so. What's the backstory there? Um, there is none. Uh, there, I'm sure there is. It's something they do in Minnesota, and because the Blues didn't want to be a part of um, Traverse City this year and last year, I don't know if they went last year. Yeah, they didn't go last year either. Um, yeah, they. This is the one they participate in along with the Wild because it's but Minnesota and with the Chicago Blackhawks, so it's just kind of like a little round robin tournament thing. Well. That's something. Um, <laughs> that's a shame. I love Traverse City. I'd love to go back, but uh, you know, well, I can go if the boys don't go, but just kind of kills the motivation a little bit. In any case, um, the prospects beat the Minnesota Wild five to one on Friday night before falling to Connor Bedard, who had a hat trick in his debut, and the Chicago Blackhawks five to nothing on Saturday. Forwards: Mikhail Abramov, Nikita Alexandrov, Alexis Bonifon, Bonifon, Bonifon. Who knows? Zach Dean and Kian Weshkarak all had goals for the Blues during the two-game showcase. Goaltender, goaltender Vadim Jurinko had a standout game against Friday against Minnesota on Friday. Slow down, Stephen. Let it build. Take your time. It's okay. <laughs> Read at your own pace. You're a smart boy. Allowing just one goal in the effort, Colton Ellis held the Blackhawks scoreless in his 30 minutes of game action Saturday before being relieved by Will Cranley, who very much did not. Looking <laughs> <laughs> shit the bed. Uh, that's why we almost forgot him. Yeah, that's right. Connor Bedard kind of became the talk of this tournament. Uh, definitely doesn't quite have the same... Um, excitement or interest to me as Traverse City but you know good to see some of the guys that we think are important playing well um training camp and preseason has started I have nothing to say about that do you um I was trying to look up what they're they're playing right now they're playing the Blue Jackets and it's uh three to one I should be clear I love that it started I'm happy that hockey's back i just don't care enough about the details at this point in the season to get like worked up about any of it oscar sunquist scored this is just the first period oscar sunquist scored jacob Verana scored would you care to guess who scored the third goal steven of on on the blues yeah i'll give you i'll give you one guess because you'll never get it um hold on give me a minute 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 Who'd we sign to that PTO? It's not him, is it? Zach Dean. Was it Zach Dean? No, it's Isaac Ratcliffe. Isaac Ratcliffe. 
Oh yeah, I think we did duh. sign him for the PTO. Duh, he's a Canadian professional ice hockey left wing for the Chicago Wolves, the American Hockey League, according to Wikipedia, uh, which might be many. Yeah, he's a PTO. Look at me. I knew the right thing. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you see if the Blues website will open for you or if it's just my oh, no. computer? No, no, no. I checked that like just a second ago and it wouldn't pop up. And I was like, oh, here's so my internet. So again. it's down. Yeah, it's down. They've been so the page you were looking for does not exist or not is not available. Well, that's good to know that it's not me, I guess. Good job, um, NHL. That's right. All right. So, Ian, very exciting things to talk about on a podcast include visual things, things that are highly visual uh, that people can't have to see to really Maybe understand. if people had I've imaginations, found, that's this right. would be okay. <laughs> I found that uh, visual topics are best discussed in a podcast format. So I wanted to go through some of the jerseys that have been released this week, if you're good with that. How does that sound to you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um Let's actually start from the bottom of this list because I want to build to the newest one since that's okay. the hot topic of discussion. Is that okay with you? Oh, yeah. Carolina uh, didn't really do anything except swap, swap silver for black at the bottom of their jerseys, which they had swapped previously and then unswapped again um wow, this is very this is minor just, this is just a reminder that i need to make to the carolina hurricanes please fire everyone who's involved in branding and design um in any way for your team it's all bad every every bit of it is bad you could be so cool and yet you have a toilet logo so um <laughs> please change it any thoughts on the hurricanes changing all that stuff i definitely wish they'd go to their like third logo the like hurricane flag on the hockey stick like that's kind of silly but it's i don't know it's fresh it's fresh and it's different it's better than better than the turlet bowl yeah <laughs> ever since i read that somewhere that's that's all i can think of now yeah i think they should change it so that the logo is just the name of whichever hurricane is in season you know so it just <laughs> says like ida or or you know, be able to go to the game or whatever remind themselves yeah. of uh, all the family members they've lost yeah for sure um yeah i mean i just feel like there are better options even the even the uh, they haven't come up with anything in my opinion you know uh hurricane let's let's look up hurricanes fan logos because i bet the there's always some crowdsourced hurricane logos that are better than um better than the nhl here's a good one this is fine look at this some idiot made this and it already <laughs> looks better you know it's got the shape of well it's got the shape of south carolina which is a little strange since they're in north carolina but um <laughs> you know it's got a whole hurricane vibe to it there's a tree that's blowing over um all that stuff that's cool Anyway, they don't, they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of different ones. Fans fans are flummoxed with how to make this <laughs> this logo yeah. any better. This one's not good. This one that one doesn't work for me. That's not going to do it for me, brother. Um, but in any case, fans, you know, be cool. You got to be better than this, fans. You got to do something. <laughs> Let's talk right now. It looks like you're not doing nothing. Let's talk about one of the most impressive cash grabs of the last few years. <laughs> The Boston Bruins have released an entirely new suite of uniforms 
for their centennial season. They were inaugurated in 1924, and this, of course, is the 2023-2024 season. Uh, it will surprise you not at all to know that it is all based on the uh, spoked wheel format that they have always had and uh, is basically more or less identical to last year's jerseys, except um, the yellow is more of a gold on uh the home and away and then the third is more of a of a real throwback uh with a slightly different older logo that actually says 1924 in them i think these all look fine like i have no problem with them i guess but it does strike me as a little bit of a cash grab to release three jerseys that are basically the same as what you already did um and say it's a completely new jersey combo this year yeah three jerseys is kind of nuts and so wait these are not this isn't like what they're wearing every game are they like i believe it is i believe oh, in this is? case this is a complete oh interesting yeah very interesting um yeah you're right this does look the the yellow is more gold sparkly the vintage gold. one is yeah if you look at the pictures in the article i think they look a little bit better the vintage yeah. one is to be used against original six teams wow i mean i do like that vintage one uh, it's very that's very winter classic -y. Um, yeah, I kind of like how they always had yellow or or black or whatever on their shoulders if they were home or away. So not having any like mm -hmm. shoulder color other than with the thirds is a little different. But I mean, I guess that's what makes them look old timey. I do like the inside collar where the uh, winning Stanley Cup years are emblazoned on Massachusetts town signs. That's kind of cool. But oh, that is um, neat. Okay, but this yeah, is I mean, a cash grab. This is honest to God. <laughs> that's right. That's the touch. No, I mean, you know, I think they're cool. I think it's fine. You should you should honor your hundredth season. Um, but I just don't think I think you know it's going to be funny if they go right back to slightly different versions of last year's uniforms next year oh, yeah. uh, as another cash grab. And then um, I do think it'll be hilarious if in these uniforms they do actually fall off uh, for the first time in in like twenty years and have a bad season, which we'll talk about in just a little while. Uh, moving on to the Minnesota Wild, nothing really technically new here. They're just bringing back what's basically their reverse retros from last season as. As a full-time third uniform with that said i would reluctantly call this a w i say reluctantly because i still think that as a whole minnesota's jersey and design department is pretty rough um but these have grown on me a little bit i saw a really nice picture let me see if i can find it right now um i saw a really nice picture of philip gustafson's kit in the reverse retro there it is look at that Ah, look at how good that looks. Those pads look nice in that color. Um, the colors are still a little barf to me, and I'm still not that wild on the wilds. No pun intended. I really didn't even mean to do that. Uh, how, you know, primary logo, um, but I think they're cool. And one nice little touch I liked. Oh, I, you know, I thought I was sharing my screen when I showed you Philip Gustafson. I'm sorry, Ian. Look at that. Look at that logo. Look at that kit. Looks pretty sharp, huh? Huh? Loading. It's loading. Still not loading. Oh my god! Look at oh, that cat. Oh yeah, look nice. at that setup. Doesn't that look nice? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we're trying to get better. I swear to God, people, we're really trying. Um, the seventy-eight. One nice little touch I do like is this uh, alternate A being in the state of Minnesota. Um, I don't like the state of hockey patch because I'm sick and tired of that shit. And of course, the Tria <laughs> patch is awful. I don't even know what Tria is, but. 
Overall, I think a W. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say it's W. I, I'm all for different colors in this league. And I mean, they they were already green, but they were forest green. They were Christmas green. Anything to get away from the Christmas color setup that they currently have. I would love if they'd go to this this uh, green and yellow white setup um, permanently. I don't know I that, that it necessarily goes with the logo, like you said. Maybe they should move away from the logo. Maybe they should... Uh, make it something like I don't know, like an N pointing to a star of some kind. Maybe they should just <laughs> rebrand from the wild and you know pay Dallas whatever Dallas fucking needs to be able to get like the North Star. I don't know. They used the logo before on one of their other like jerseys. Minnesota did, so I'm like, you can use the logo. Can you just like buy back the name? I mean, I've I've always thought you have freaking White Sox. And Red Sox, and like you've got other team, you know, you got a Jets in hockey and a Jets in football, and like who gives a shit? Just like call yourself the North Stars. It's the Minnesota North Stars. It's Dallas Stars. Dallas could be the fucking Dallas Lone Stars, whatever. Like just do it. Just do it. Do yeah. what you're. What should have been done at the very beginning of all this. But um, as far as the jersey goes, yeah, like other than the logo, not necessarily fitting i think with the rest of it i think the jersey itself is really cool um i know erickson eck here is like going down for a i was just gonna talk about this yeah <laughs> i know he's going down for like a face-off or something but boy this that is that a photo is, is a photo that is so weird they're stance. like get down like you do a face-off joel and he's like but i'm not doing face-off and they're like we don't care joel do it <laughs> i need them to um, clip him at the waist and then like animate it's where he's like going back and forth back and forth with his yeah. waist and arms <laughs> that's right we should uh jeff gift jeff if you hear this um we can send you the footage i'm sure you can handle that we've we got work it. for you yeah <laughs> uh ian real quick i was looking at transactions earlier for our division previews and i noticed anaheim calling up and sending down a guy named like jake erickson eck a couple of times last season you think that's just coincidence they're probably not related right i mean oh, there's, there's, it can't be. there's there's erickson x everywhere so it can't be that who was um, that someone that i thought for sure wasn't related but actually was with the same last name i don't remember who it was oh i don't know I don't was know. it michael stone and fucking what's and whatever stone mark down stone? and mark stone Maybe. i was like nah but they are anyways um the oh. Minnesota, the Minnesota, the Winnipeg Jets released a sweater and kit oh, no. to Oopsie. honor the Royal Canadian Air Force uh, Centennial, um, which I assume it is this year. Imagine only having an Air Force for a hundred years. <laughs> Pathetic Canada. <laughs> um, hold on, let me Google something real quick. Let me make sure this is true. Don't want to get. Uh... Uh, yeah, so like a hundred years would be pathetic. You gotta, you got it's new technology. You should have a younger Air Force than that, is my point, you know? So, <laughs> the younger um, Air Forces make more sense. That's right. Unless, you know, if you started at like, say, a U.S. Army Signal Corps uh, aeronautical division in 1907, then you'd be way older, way stronger. It's all good. So, oh, yeah. um, don't worry about what I Googled, folks. Just assume that, uh, I'm telling the truth. And really the cavalry existed long before the Air Force, and that's the spiritual successor. So now we just ride <laughs> on, you know, B-12s and F-15s instead of um instead of horses. And did didn't we lose an F-15 this last week? 
lost military jet let's find out military jet. ian ian's lost it with me i'm just F-35. waiting for you to be like f-15 isn't 15 like one above 14 and 14 is like how many cats i used to have growing up now that's a story <laughs> missing f-35 jet flew for 60 miles without a pilot who ejected into a backyard after mishap i'm not worried about the jet. i'm not worried about the jet anymore i just want to be the family whose backyard that dude landed in and it's like hey what what's going on here and he's like you're not gonna believe this shit there was a mishap okay um Anyway, so back to that. the back to the Jets. Um, to me, the actual jersey I think is okay. Like it's a pretty good like for their for their standard. Um, I think it's pretty solid. Um, but uh, I think uh, the pants and the gloves lose this for me a little bit. People try to go like too vintage. And unless yeah. there's something real Air Forcey about this, uh, I'm not loving that vibe. Um, but uh, the biggest thing about this particular picture I'm looking at is that it reminds me that Adam Lowry is their captain, and how sad for them. But anyway, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts about uh, this kit? Yeah, this is also another terrible picture where it's like they they caught him on like the follow through of like a fake yeah. shot <laughs> a or fake something. Shot. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this sucks. You stink. Um, I think in the shots where I just see the jersey, I'm like, yeah. this looks pretty clean. And then I see anything else, and I'm like, this not so much. Like, look at that. That looks pretty good for Minnesota, for Winnipeg, especially. Yeah. But I, their, I, their logo kind of sucks, I think. That's a big part of my problem. It reminds me a lot of, ironically, the, like, did you ever play, like, the... um hockey game with like the fat guy and the thin guy and the medium-sized guy and like nintendo and like the original nintendo uh-huh blades of steel you mean no no it was like before it was just like hockey oh no i don't think i have <laughs> i think i forget what it was called but like their ice is blue i'm pretty sure like the ice is just blue because they're like we don't know how to do white we'll just make it blue or something or i feel like it was Anyways, these jerseys being blue and having like blue and red lines all over it just literally remind me of this old game. <laughs> just looks like a screen that I remember from my youth. Um, yeah, these jerseys aren't great. Like they're just it's it's too much. There's like I'm not a big fan of just like random ass lines and like I don't like that they have like some lines going through their logo, but it's only one of the lines, but it's like the one that's a little bit lower and then they, then they have weird spacing on the other lines on their arms. And yeah, I'm with you too. The, it was cool. Maybe when Dallas for their winter classic game did like the, the Brown gloves and the Brown pants. And it was like, okay, that's kind of neat. But now I feel like every team is trying to latch on this whole, like, Ooh, we're going to give them like Brown gloves. Cause that's what old people used to wear. And it's like, okay, well, this doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for me on this one at all um yeah it's very canadian i can see canadians just fucking loving the shit out of this there's like oh our heritage (laughs) yeah okay we get it you're old and cold yeah and i think for me the blues have proven that if you're gonna do baby blue tops do baby blue pants you know oh yeah uh don't go navy don't don't mix navy with other blues because navy's just a shitty version of blues so why would you put a shitty version of something (laughs) next to something that's really cool you know 
Um, and speaking of Navy, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, actually, no, we'll go ahead and say it. The, the, the biggest Edmonton Jersey W of this week is this headline that says the Oilers are going to scrap the Navy alternate uniform after this Thank season. God. Ian, would you like to celebrate for a moment? Oh, that's the best decision they've made in a long time with their jerseys. Yeah. Um, terrible. Man, those fucking sucked. They're just... Yeah. Why? 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 I mean, like you were just saying, Navy is such a terrible, like, you know what? There's certain cases where I think it works, accented with the right other colors, whatever, orange not being one of them. But also, like, Navy as a color does not work on TV for hockey because it's just black. It's just against white, white ice. It's just black. And I guess if you like an all black jersey, Well, this jersey, is also cool. like a real dark Navy. Oh, it's yeah. This, not I mean, like it pretty it. much is black. Yeah. But if they'd actually done black, it'd probably be cooler, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have a friend, I don't know if he'll listen to this. If he does, he loves this jersey, and God bless him. He's a great man. He's a wonderful person. I will never understand that particular interest of his. I've got to be honest, but, you know. And it makes you question other things about him, too. That's right. Maybe I get him one for Christmas. If he, I hope he's not listening to this now. Spoiler alert! Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know. It's it's something. It was on it, sale. That's right. Um, now let's talk about the man of the hour, the men of the hour, Nazem Kadri and Connor McDavid, uh, modeling the new Oilers and Calgary Flame Heritage Classic jersey for the upcoming outdoor battle of alberta uh, of course these have douchey uh design type in, uh, descriptions of them so let me read those the flames <laughs> nhl heritage classic look is inspired by the historic calgary stampeders hockey team of the 1950s and 1960s the colors feature current calgary flames red complemented by vintage white evoking aged embellishments and textiles of vintage uniforms. The crest artwork renders the Calgary Flames primary logo in a hand-drawn style constructed of layered felt with rich chain-stitch details. Battle of Alberta emblazons the inside back neck in tribute to this celebrated rivalry. The Oilers NHL Heritage Classic look is inspired by the historic Edmonton Mercury's team that won gold in the 1952 Olympics. The color features current Oilers orange and royal blue, complemented by vintage white, evoking aged embellishments and textiles of vintage uniforms. The crest is layered felt with heritage top stitch leather looking pants leather looking not leather leather looking pants and gloves recall hockey gear from yesteryear nice little rhyme there battle of alberta emblazons the inside back neck in tribute to this celebrated rivalry Ian, would you like to give your thoughts first or would you like me to give mine um i'll tell you the calgary one for me is a lot better than the edmonton one um the Calgary one is at least just kind of bland, but it's, you know, it's, it exists. It's like, I kind of like the off-white. I'm a big, big fan of off-white. That's probably one of the uh, things that's supposed to evoke a vintage uniform. Um, I don't know. It's not bad. It's fine. Um, it probably looks better right next to the Oilers one, which is just, <laughs> just, uh, just poofy. Just really poofy. Um 
I know that, like you said, the logo, the little oil drop and the little sort of like banner curved underneath is supposed to be like hearkening back to the Edmonton Mercuries. But I don't know anything about the Edmonton Mercuries. So fuck that. Um, the brown pants and the brown, <laughs> the brown gloves. I like how they said leather looking. It's leather looking pants um that's called like faux leather just say like faux leather or something like that i don't know um and and then i think the worst thing to me i didn't even notice this till now is like well i guess they also have those really fat white lines between things especially on the shoulders and then i look at the shoulders and the f and c is like on like it's on the shoulder but also coming down on the chest it's like the the shoulder colors bisect it and it looks that looks way too busy uh yeah ian your your thoughts this won't surprise anyone that's listened to this podcast for more than a second but your thoughts almost exactly align with mine i'd probably say i'm a little bit warmer no pun intended on the flames uniform than you are i i would have preferred they go with more of like a cream maybe Mm. um i think that could have brought out a little more in this but i think i've said this a lot i i always say this oh ian i always say this (laughs) you've always maintained it's better to commit to simple and clean than try to overdo it and speaking of overdoing it ian i have seen people who say that these Oilers jerseys don't suck. I've even seen people that say that these Oilers jerseys, quote, are good. Those people are lying. They are lying to the general public. And honestly, I think their Twitter accounts should be shut down. These are the worst kind of like faux vintage and overdoing it. And they're a total disaster. I hate everything about it. I hate the brown gloves and the brown pants. Don't, don't do pants that just don't match your jersey in any way what who are who why who thinks about that and then you know the logo in the center is fine i guess except i'm so sick of the nhl hearkening back to teams no one has ever heard of ever like it's fine if it's if it looks cool if you want to if you want to do something that looks cool and then say and it's a nod to the seattle metropolitans of 1923 fine whatever but if you want to make real quick we might as well find it uh if you want to make wow that's a lot this disaster and then talk about um didn't they have the winter classic jersey never mind when i was i was pre presupposing the disaster they'll make when they have the Seattle Winter Classic jerseys. Um, But if you want to make a disastrous jersey and then slap an S on it and be like, that harkens back to the Seattle Metropolitans, (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Just make the thing look good. I don't know why these people can't start by making something that looks good and then thinking about little touches that make it look more like an old thing. You're right about the C. That should be lower. Also, just a general huge pet peeve of mine when the shoulders are just kind of there. Like mm-hmm. they're not really doing anything. They're just there. You cannot convince me this wouldn't look better if there was no shoulder patch and it was just blue all the way up. Or, and it certainly would look better if the orange and the white wrapped around the shoulder instead of just kind of ending. I don't like it. I don't like any of it. Um, 
I could improve this in Canva in like five minutes and make a better NHL jersey. And I have no design ability. <laughs> um, I just, I don't get it. Connor McDavid should play in something that looks nice for once. And you know what? He gets to the Oilers homes are not, they're perfect. Do more of that. Stop being weird. That's We're proud point. to sponsor Canva on this podcast. Right. Canva is a big sponsor of this podcast. Um, they make your images feel better. <laughs> What's this? Nature's box? <laughs> you want me to read it? All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's nature box. <laughs> All right, Ian. Uh, enough of the frivolity on this podcast. Let's get serious and talk about the Atlantic Division, shall we? If we must, or do you actually? I know it's I know it's not tradition, but do you want to start with the Pacific since the Atlantic doesn't suck? Sure. Yeah, Although I think the Pacific's Pacific. fun too, but they're probably less. Okay. No, all right. Fine. Fun. Let's do Atlantic. Let's do Atlantic first. Then, um, we're combining the Atlantic and the Pacific today because um, from sea to shining sea, we've run out of weeks to do these things, and that's right. From sea to shining sea, shining sea. Can't say that fast. Let's talk about the Boston Bruins who have undergone a significant amount of change, clearly not for the better. Uh, they have added James Van Riemsdyk, Morgan Geeky, Milan Lucic, Patrick Brown, Jesper Boquist, and our old pal Kevin Shattenkirk. They have lost Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi, Thomas Noshek, Nick Foligno, Garnet Hathaway, Dimitri Orlov, Connor Clifton, and... But- Excuse me, Mike Riley. Uh, Ian, what are your thoughts and questions about the Buffalo Sabres? Or excuse me, the Boston Bruins. I was reading the next row already. I mean, Boston. Boston's just funny because they're really just the inverse of a couple other teams on this list where it's like they've definitely gotten worse. Um, they still have like a competent core and Pashmak and Marshana McAvoy. Allmark and Swayman and Net. So, like, not terrible by any means, but like, they've lost like a lot of depth. I mean, specifically at center, like, you have Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle. Like, there's literally no one above those two to play first line center minutes. So, like, it's going to be one of them. And that just feels wrong and weird. And that's, that's not a great place to start from. Um, they just don't have a lot of forward depth, you know, after, after you get past, um, Pashanak and Marshan, literally, it's like I don't know what other big forwards they have. Like they lost Taylor Hall. Um, Tyler, like you mentioned, Tyler Bertuzzi was brought in at the trade deadline. He's gone too. Um, their decor is still fairly decent with McAvoy and Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick. But I don't know that that's all going to be good enough to be a playoff team still. I think maybe they hold on for one more year just because they're the Bruins and they have a, a culture there and they'll, they'll play a lot of games where they're going to win by just a goal. And you're still in a division where you can kind of like speed, but <laughs> speed both the Detroit Red Wings and the <laughs> Montreal Canadians um, for some points. And even, you know, I like Buffalo and Ottawa a lot better, but those are teams that you shouldn't have be, have too much trouble beating um, on the few nights that you play them. But yeah, but on the flip side, I just think, you have Toronto, you have Tampa, um, you have Florida, even that like are just gonna run around Boston. It's 
going to be hard. I still think they'll probably in the playoffs, but not in the top three of the division. They're definitely a wild card team at best, but it's going to be hard for them because I think you've got some other teams we'll talk about that are making strides and have made enough strides in previous seasons and this off season compared to Boston, who's kind of sliding that Boston might find itself for the first time in a very long time, not in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think the question with the Atlantic is always, there's always those teams that might be on the rise. We'll come on to talk about Buffalo and Ottawa, I would say in particular. Um, But uh, the question is who's going to fall out of it. Um, And even if you have five teams that you think are, um, coming from this Atlantic division, you've got to figure Toronto and Tampa uh, and probably Florida are locks to make the playoffs. Um, And for a long time now, Boston has been as well. So like, who's going to be that team that falls off? Um, If there's going to be just four teams and like, even if there's going to be five teams, there's obviously not space for two new people in that team. Uh, I definitely think this year, Boston is the one to watch as the team that falls off, um, you might, you might, uh, be okay. Uh, but Linus Allmark was already a little bit of an anomaly last season. I mean, I think he has to come back down to earth somewhat. His numbers last year were just preposterous. Mm -hmm. Um, they lost Mike Riley and, you know, Dmitry Orloff, who I'm not saying those guys are game breakers, but, um, they're definitely big parts of this team. Um, they, you know, lost Patrice Bergeron, which I think is, is incalculable how big a deal that is both on offense and defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're one to watch as, as definitely a team that's going to be trending downward and, and we'll see how hard they fall. And the bad news with them is they don't have any youth or depth in the long yeah. run. So yeah, that's not like on a, that front too. Yeah. There's not like a future to necessarily look forward to right now either. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a team with a lot of future to look forward to the Buffalo Sabres, Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson in who are not the future, Vinny Henestrosa, Ilya Labushkin and Craig Anderson out. Um, this is a team that obviously has had hype for a good bit of time. Uh, but tell us your thoughts and questions about this wonderful organization with some of our dear, dear friends supporting them. Yeah, they are a team that I think of all of the teams on the rise in this division or that should be on the rise. They're the one that I think should take the biggest jump or have the most likely chance to leap into the playoffs this year. Um, I think even though Connor Clifton and especially Eric Johnson are older, I think they bring a lot to the table because I think they're both very steady defensemen. Eric Johnson with like a very veteran presence a cup winning presence um back there to maybe help balance out guys like owen power um i know dalian's been in the league for a while but he's still pretty young like i i like that that bet uh of signing like johnson i think they signed him to like a lot of money but just for like the one year um tage thompson we all know established himself as like a star in the league they've got alex tuck they re-signed Poso. um you still got casey middlestat there you still got um, Nick Cousins. Is it Nick Cousins? Whoever Cousins there. Um, you got young guys like J.J. Paterka. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan Cousins. I couldn't figure it out because it's spelled different. And I was like, oh, there yeah. ain't nobody named Cousins. Cousins on that team. But yeah, you've got J.J. Paterka. You've got Peyton Krebs, both looking to make impacts on the team long term. 
I think maybe questions is like Darlene had a really good year last year, at least a really good first half of the season. You know, can you replicate that? Can you do even better than that? Uh, same with own power. Like he's still a young guy, but can he kind of like put a stamp on, you know, or his own stamp on this team? Um, and then goaltending, I think, is really the biggest question for me. It's like you have uh, Puka Pekalukanen, you have uh, Devin Levi, you have Eric Comrie, who's not who's not the future in that, but like exists and is older. So maybe he starts over these two guys as a quote unquote veteran. But you really want to be turning to like Levi or UPL um, long term. Levi's kind of unproven. He was just kind of there at the end of last season. Um, I mean, UPL's still sort of unproven too. So I think yeah, there is I mean, a lot of question marks with them, at least. I was looking at this recently because I was finishing my goalie rankings piece for the hockeywriters.com. Anyway, so um, I do think they look at Levi as their future starter. I mean, I had to put uh, UPL in the rankings because there's just more data on him as a starter. But I think by the midseason... Um, they'll think of Devin Levi as, as their future starter, which is, is honestly just kind of hilarious and almost sad. It's kind of that Ferris Bueller life comes at you pretty fast because UPL has been like the starter of the future for them for, I feel like, five years. And now that he's actually oh, yeah. the starter, there's a new starter of the future already. But in either case, I think they're in pretty decent shape uh, in the net. And I think this, I really believe this team could take a big step this year. I know we've said it a lot of times before, um, but Darlene is a stud. Power is going to be there for the full year. Uh, those two guys alone to build your defensive core around are um, really strong. I think Eric Johnson is just a brilliant signing by them. I don't think he's probably worth 3.25 as a, as a player um, right now, but you know, to give those guys a kind of veteran voice who's done it all before, who's been the number one pick as both of them have, you know, and have dealt with that pressure as a defender. Um, I think that's massive and such, such a, I mean, just from an on or from an office perspective to me, such a brilliant brilliant decision to bring him in and isn't he he's from that area too isn't he i think Who's eric that? johnson is eric oh, johnson is he? isn't he from buffalo oh, no he's uh minnesota oh bitch um <laughs> but yeah okay so in any case um but still i think just a, a really smart decision specifically because of that like former first overall defenseman and being a mentor to both dolly and power um They've got so much talent up front that it's just insane. Like you, I mean, you've got you mentioned it all, but Tage is is otherworldly and good for him. Alex Tuck is a stud and probably way underpaid. Um, you've got you know uh, Cousins and Middlestat and 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 Krebs and Paterka and and other young guys coming up with a potential to make an impact here. I think the sky's the limit for them. Um, I think it gels this year, and they. They probably take a big step forward in my personal opinion. And uh, I will go ahead and go out on a limb and say, this is definitely the team that I'm going to say I'm going to watch on ESPN, even <laughs> though I won't actually watch any team other than the blues all that much. So you can book that. That's the Sabres book this year. It. Unless, unless I say it about another team. Uh, but one <laughs> team I certainly won't say it on about uh, Ian is what I would consider the disastrous Detroit Red Wings. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what thoughts you wrote on this because we kind of each did our own division and I'm interested to get your take 
They obviously brought in Alex DeBrincat. That's fine. They paid a lot of money for John Pertomper Comper. They paid almost no money for Quim Costin, Daniel Sprong, uh, Christian Fisher, Shane Gostas Bear, Justin Hall, James Reimer, and Alex Lyon. Uh, they let Dominic Kubalik, Adam Earn, Pius Suter, Pius Suter, Philip Zadina, Alex Chason, Alex Nedelkovic go. Where did Zadina end up? Did I just see his name? Uh, San Jose. San Jose. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, I saw him on a Pacific team that I talk about later. Um, I don't believe in the Yeiser, Iser, Weiser plan anymore. Do you? No, I was going to say, I don't even know what it is anymore. Like, does um, he have a plan? I know. He, like, especially with all these signings, right? Like, he signed so many guys who will have just very little impact on this team, minus obviously, like, to bring Cata they traded for, trading signed but like honestly all these guys that i'm looking at that he brought in i'd say david perron from last year made a bigger impact on the team last year than any of these guys will this year like i don't mind jt comfort but he's definitely not like a second line center um at least not on a team that you would want to be improving and they paid him like five million dollars for i forget how many years to be there now um and they did the same thing the previous year year or two years ago with um cop andrew cop and it's like he's also still there on that same amount of money um it's i don't know their their cap is kind of like in hell like they've spent almost five million on ben Chirot, and he's there on the back end and not all that great but like that's those are your issues with your cap and some of your signings but like then you talk about rebuild and like who they've drafted and who's stuck there like philip zadino was picked like sixth or something like that and he's out the door didn't work there um mort cider is obviously a stud um but like what other prospects of the wings developed like lucas raymond has hit a bit of a speed bump like you hope he can kind of rebound um larkin is obviously really good but he was he's older at this point he was before the official rebuild and I'm just not seeing their youth takeover like it needs to, right? Like you wouldn't need mm-hmm. to bring in all these dudes if you had like a youth movement that was working. Like again, you don't see Buffalo going out and be like, oh, we gotta sign so many like complementary players, especially like for a forward core. Like it's just, I don't know. It's it's kind of directionless. I don't know what who's coming up behind them in terms of like prospects that are supposed to like make an impact and like an impact soon. Right. Cause this isn't supposed to be a rebuild where it's like, they're still rebuilding in two or three seasons. Like they need to be making the playoffs. Like, I don't think they're a playoff team this year. And unless they make some drastic moves, I wouldn't see them being a playoff team next year. And it's kind of like, this is, (laughs) I think you're kind of right at the cusp of being able to call this kind of a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then having to be like, where do we start over? Because I just don't think they've drafted very well from the looks of it, at least from like being able to name young players that they've brought up. Um, and they just haven't been able to get any like big UFAs to, to sign there, which I get because you're a rebuilding team. They're not going to necessarily want to go there. It's nice they got Debrincat. Debrincat's from the area. It seems like that's kind of a thing with Detroit right now. It's like, well... We're only going to get big players if they're from here. Larkin stays there because, well, he's from the area. And it's like, that's not, if that's how you're building your team, that's not great. And 
I really did think that Iserman, because of what he did with the Lightning and obviously just kind of the player he was in the past, like you just thought, well, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be able to sort this out pretty easily. And it just hasn't come to fruition. Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh I I know that the light I know that Red Wings fans will complain a lot about um the draft lottery and you know they i think they're somewhat justified to do that um they haven't won a first overall pick um and you know obviously if they had connor bedard coming into this season we would be speaking very differently about the detroit red wings instead they drafted nine and drafted nate danielson you know and and they weren't particularly high in the draft lottery this year but if you look back um like two years ago they ended up drafting um eighth and getting Marcus Casper being totally out of that upper echelon of people um they ended up drafting um what uh where are they sixth in the year that Owen Power Matty Beneers and Mason McTavish went high and Luke Hughes uh, they ended up drafting uh where are they fourth when the year that uh Lafreniere and, and Byfield and Stutzla went they took Raymond um but even if you look at that um, you know, they took Raymond over Jake Sanderson and Jamie Drysdale and, um, you know, maybe probably a good pick, probably fine. But, you know, their drafting hasn't been like amazing finding diamonds in the rough it, other than in the case with Sater. Sider, they did a great job on. Um, but even that, Philip Dylan Cousins is the very next player taken. Trevor Zegras is taken too after that. So you can argue that even as good as Sider is, they don't have that, you know, other young center to compliment. Um to compliment uh, 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 Dylan Larkin. So I just think it's a little bit of a, of a situation where they have to prove it and earn it at this point. And I don't think I have a lot of faith that they will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got made some really, really bad contracts that don't seem to fit some kind of grand, brilliant plan. Ben Sherratt should never have been paid by any NHL team, <laughs> uh, much less for a long time by this young rebuilding team. And so, uh, it is what it is. Let's move on to the Florida Panthers, who obviously were the runners up in the Stanley Cup final last year. Uh, they have added Evan Rodriguez, Stephen Lawrence, Nico Mikola, our old friend, Oliver Ekman Larson on a deal, uh, a cheap deal, and Dmitry Kulikov. Um, they also they lost uh, Anthony DeClaire, Eric Stahl, Mark Stahl, Colin White, Patrick Hornquist, Radko Gudis, and Alex lion uh really good team last year i think they underperformed in the regular season and we saw you know something closer to their real potential in the playoffs even if they maybe overperformed and Bobrovsky got hot a little bit but uh where do you sit on the uh florida panthers yeah i don't think they'll be as bad as some people are making them out to be or they think they'll be um i mean i know you you lose some playoff performers especially on the back end like Rako gudis was Really good. Mark Stahl's old butt was actually pretty good in the playoffs, um, you know, playing playoff hockey. But losing those guys is going to be kind of rough. And then even harder is I think Ekblad and Montour are starting the season injured. And there's some, like, questions about Matthew Kachuk's health just because he broke his sternum. And that takes a while to heal. And just sort of the other injuries he sustained during that long run. And just overall, if the team that made such a long run that – played into June, um, played some really heavy hockey if they're going to be ready um, just physically to be starting that journey all over again. Um, 
like you said, the decor is kind of hurting a little bit there. Uh, they still have, was it Gustafson or I forget who they have in the back end, like in their top four, but it's like they kind of have a decimated top four right now. Um, they, to your point, they, I think they did underperform last season, but they did, you know, barely make the playoffs last year. Now the roster, I think overall is a little bit worse, you know, hats off to them for incredible playoff performance, but do they have what it takes to make the postseason? Um, I would say, man, I don't know. I think if you can get if you can get Ekblad and Montour back and fairly healthy, and they can play up to their potential a bit more than they did last season, then I think they make the playoffs. And I think they can even you know pass the team, say like the the Bruins, fairly easily. Um, I still think they're a team that's probably at their best, better than a probably still better than like a Buffalo and Ottawa. Um, but it's sort of like, can can they be their best? Like Nico Mikola on the back end, OEL on the back end, like OEL back there. I mean, I get you're in Florida, so you're literally in one of the uh, just like fewest eyes on you markets down there in Sunrise. So like that's good for him. Maybe he'll play a little bit better. Maybe he can kind of, you know, have get the monkey off his back. But that's kind of, I like Nico Mikola too, but that's just kind of like a, a rough pair to add when you're subtracting like your top pairing right away at the beginning of the season um and then yeah. that again is just hurt all the time so i can't even say that oh he'll come back and he'll be totally fine for the rest of the season um but you still got you still have um barkov you still have kachak was hopefully healthy you have um god why can i never think of his name it starts with like an l that's like a center down there too I've got it. Florida Panthers. For Hagee? Roster. Oh, they also have Connor for Hagee. For Hagee. Uh, yeah. Where is, where is he? Oh, you got Sam Bennett. You've got Sam Reinhardt. All the Sams. Um, Not Ryan Lomberg. You mean Lusterine? Yeah, Lusterine and Etu He's supposed to be a little mini Barkov. Um, they have players down there. I mean, obviously, like, a lot of these guys were big in the playoffs, um, Bennett in particular too, and I think they'll they'll still be a formidable force in the regular season. I just don't know if they'll have what it takes beyond that. I just think they were on such. To me, it feels like they're on such a magical run last year that my brain is just kind of breaks where it's like they can do that again, right? And it's like no, no, they can't, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, you got Sergey Bobrovsky who played amazing in the playoffs for the most part. You know, is he going to be back to playing good Sergey Bobrovsky hockey or is he going to be the other Sergey Bobrovsky? Like, it's just flip a coin. Um, and I don't even know if Spencer Knight, like, he was out for a while last season. Um, is he back healthy and like playing again? Hopefully. Um, because if, if you don't have Bobrovsky in that playing well, you're going to need Spencer Knight. So, We'll see. I still think they'll be a good team. I just don't know as to what level they'll be at. Yeah, I mean, I think you broke it down pretty well. I'm probably a little more bullish on them than you are. Um, obviously, I think... Uh, that's because you uh, live down there. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think... Um, I think... Uh, 
Matthew Kachuk is a stud. Very, very good. Um, and, you know, I think he can carry a lot on a team. I do think the biggest question mark for them is really just where, what are they going to get out of Sergei Bobrovsky and or Spencer Knight? I mean, if Sergei Bobrovsky is anything like the first three rounds of the last playoffs and or the two-time Vesna winning goaltender, then he'll be plenty to keep them back in the hunt and make them uh, make up the difference for anything that they're missing this season. And if he's anything like he's been most of his tenure with Florida, then he'll be a disaster. Uh, You don't necessarily know where Spencer Knight is, you know, um, uh, physical or mental wise with uh, the um, player assistance program. We don't want to speculate on what was going on there, but you know, he's still very young and should have a very bright future. Um, but you just don't know where he'll be like this season necessarily. So lots of questions about Florida, but I think in this division, they're still probably much more likely to make the playoffs than not. Um, and uh, we can talk, you know, about the final playoff picture when we get there. Ian, let's mow through the Montreal Canadiens oh, because yeah. this is not a team that's going to compete this year. Uh, they brought in Alex Newhook, Tanner Pearson. They let go of Mike Hoffman, Jonathan Drewing, Paul Biron, uh, Dennis Gurionov and Joel Edmondson. Uh, what are your thoughts on this team quickly, knowing that they obviously aren't competing this year, but how close do you think they are? Uh, I, I don't think they're that close. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I just have a lot of money still tied up in like bad contracts. Um, Alex Newhook, he could be the next Kirby Doc. He could be last yeah. year's, next year's Kirby Doc. That's right. Um, I mean, they have young pieces. It's just one of those teams, too, where they're not quite at the Detroit level where I feel like they have to take a step because I still think there's some rebuilding to do there. But um, it's just, it's just going to take a little bit longer. I mean, Cole Caulfield's a great winger. They kind of lack elite center depth um, for him. Like, Suzuki's a good player, but he's definitely not, like, a number one center outside of a rebuilding team. Um they still have a very young defense core. I think a big question and one that's been talked a lot about, I think on other podcasts this week or last couple of weeks is just Slapkowski. And, you know, if you hope a better sophomore season, you know, in hindsight, they probably should have put him in the HL last season, but he's also was the first overall pick and he was picked in Montreal by the Montreal Canadians. I'm sure there was some amount of pressure to play him. Um, and I, I do feel a little bad for the kid because I think some people are like, man, already a bust. Huh? And it's like he's 19 and he was coming from Europe. So, like, it is a big difference to go from, like, big open ice where you're not getting a lot of physical contact into the NHL the next season. So I still think he'll be totally fine. But it'll just be interesting to see what the story is around him this year. Yeah, um, definitely. I think it'll be... It'll be interesting to watch their talent develop, but um, obviously they're not going to compete this year. They've still got Jake Allen in that. Uh, so, you know, they've got a long way to go, but <laughs> love you, Jake <laughs> Allen. You've been good there. You've been great there. You've done a really good job in your hometown team. Jake Allen's had a hell of an NHL career, but he's not a starting goalie on a competitor probably at this point in said career. Um, Ottawa Senators have a new starting goalie in Junis Corposalo. They also have our old friend Vladimir Tarasenko and Dominic Kubelik. They lost Alex Debrincat, Patrick Brown, Julian Gauthier, Austin Watson, good riddance, uh, Derek Broussard, <laughs> and Cam Talbot. What are your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators? Are you hype, Ian? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hype, but I also feel a little like I shouldn't be hype because I feel like for the last two years I've been <laughs> hype and they've 
always kind of falling off a cliff. Um, you know, Norris, Stutzla, Pinto, when they eventually sign him, I know they're like, oh, will we sign him? I don't know. Do we have to trade him? No, they'll sign him. Um, that's a really good threesome down the middle. You still got, you know, Kachuk, Drew, Tarasenko now, Batherson. Like, that, that's a really good top six. Um, Chabot, a full year of Chikrin, uh, you know, young, young Jake Sanderson on the back end. Those are all really good players. You know, hopefully Corpusalo can bring some stability between the pipes. I am pumped for the Senators, but like I said, like I feel like I've been pumped the last two seasons and they haven't really done as much as I thought they would. Um, Stutzel had like, what, a 90-something point season last year. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate that, but if you even get him as like a 70-point player this year, 70, 80, like that's still great. Um, He was definitely, I don't want to know if you'd say like he's surprised last season, like he Drafted third overall should be pretty good, but like I don't know if I necessarily thought he'd have that many points that young. So it'll be interesting to see how he does this year. I think really the big thing for them is like health. I feel like three or four of their players are always hurt uh, at all times, and then it's just like, well, what did you want us to do? It went went, and then they don't make the playoffs again. So to me, if they can stay healthy, I feel like they should be able to perform well enough to at least be a bubble team like at very least i know this isn't what a center's fan would want to hear but at very least you've got to just be in like the playoff conversation like still yeah. be being talked about in like march and april for like oh they really got to win this game to stay in the playoff hunt because like it seems like by january every year they're like well they had a pretty good october and november and then they just shit the bed uh for two months straight so if they can just do that i think that'd be a low-hanging fruit win for them yeah yeah i mean i think that's pretty fair um i would love to see them compete i think i think this is the team that i'm gonna say i'm gonna watch a lot on <laughs> no i'm just kidding but uh Eunice corpusala to me is a big question mark they put a lot of money into a guy who played really well with LA for 11 games, but I don't know if he's a competitive mm-hmm. starting goalie, but maybe it's a situation where they didn't have any other better options. Um, they do seem to keep letting you down. I would think I would have to think that DJ Smith is on the hot seat a little bit coming into the year uh, if they don't perform pretty well. Um, and uh, you know, with, with a lot of those guys that you mentioned on the wing, they should have plenty of skill. Uh, and hopefully the defense will also take a big step forward this year. Tampa Bay Lightning probably can move pretty quick through these last two teams as well. Oh, God. We'll more of the same. Very quick. Uh, the Lightning brought in Tyler Mott, Connor Fury, Logan Brown, and Calvin DeHaan. They let go of Ross Colton, Alex Galorn, Pat Maroon, Pierre, Edouard Belmar, Corey Perry, Ian Cole, Brian Elliott. Um, tell us about your thoughts on the Lightning. I mean, they did lose a lot of depth um, in Killorn and Colton and Maroon and Belmar um, lost, you know, they lose, I should say, they lose a lot of depth every year, though, is what I feel like. Every year they're like, well, that's a lot of guys they lost. What are they going to do? And they find, you know, three cheap random forwards uh, to be on their third line they play amazing and you've never heard of these guys and they're great and they play their year or two and then they're shipped off and they're playing with detroit <laughs> or whatever um so like if i'm a lightning fan i'm i really wouldn't be that worried like i guess maybe the replacements aren't exciting like mott and shiri logan brown oof. um like 
I don't think any of those three is replacing Kalorn or Colton or even Maroon to an extent. But like, like I said, you're hoping you just find some of these random dudes that can make an impact. And I swear when looking this team up, they were already naming like two or three. They're like, oh, this guy got traded, you know, at the AHL level. And it's because he's got stuff that the Lightning really like. And I'm like, yep, here we go. Here we go (laughs) again. So I mean, they'll make the playoffs. You've got a core that's still intact there that's very good. Um, I think, too, as long as you always have Vasilevsky between the pipes, like, I'm not really going to bet against you. I don't know if they're going to win the Cup necessarily with this kind of depth or lack thereof, but they'll still make the playoffs. They'll still be a tough team. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Um and, uh, you know, I think Andre Vasilevsky was a little behind the eight ball last year. Andre has a weird thing about how um, he has like he had 11 really bad starts last year and has had seven in a lot of recent seasons. So it seems like he's he's got that tendency to just let one go, but obviously still one of the best goalies in the league. They're aging. I don't know that they have another cup run in them, but they're still pretty far from irrelevant and think they'll be a good team and a hard playoff out and all that stuff so um speaking of teams that it will be good teams but not hard playoff outs it's the toronto maple leafs um they made some moves around the fringes tyler bertuzzi max domi ryan reese and john klingberg coming in ryan o'reilly michael bunting noah chari justin hall and luke shin going out the big new contract for austin matthews Nothing on the Mitch Marner or um, uh, what's the what's Melander's first name? Starts with an M, right? William. William. That's not an M. Uh, William Nylander's, uh contracts. Um, nothing on the goaltending situation, which is relying on Ilya Samsonov to still be pretty good. Which, to be fair, he was most of last season. Uh, quick thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ian. Yeah, I mean, it's just rinse and repeat. Like, I think the biggest change they made was the fact that Dubas is out and uh, True Living is in. I mean, you can bring in Bertuzzi and Domi and Reeves. I think you're gaining as much as you're losing by losing Bunting and Achari and O'Reilly. I read lots of stuff today where people are like, oh, no, it's like they're they're actually better now. And I'm like, I sure. Yep. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. I know they made it to the second round last year. They won one game and they looked outmatched and, you know, pretty much every minute of every game they were in, except for a couple minutes of the one they won. So like, I just, they, they slayed their demon ever, ever, ever so barely. And I would almost say that they just didn't. So, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Like if they hadn't moved, if they hadn't, I'll just say this, if they hadn't changed GMs, which again they almost didn't because uh Dubas was like, Oh, actually, I will stay after wondering if he should. Like, this would be I don't know how you could see this as anything but like a crazy disaster that it's just like, Oh, it's the same thing every year. It's supposed to be something, it should be different, and it isn't different, and then we don't change anything. And then if they had kept the same GM, it'd be like literally everything's the same. So at very least they can point to that and be like, well, we just don't know what Trilling will do this year at the trade deadline and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, it's just the same. It's all the same. I don't, I completely agree with Sean McIndoe on like the uh, Puck Soup podcast where he's just like, 
he's just beside himself with like why he should care about the regular season as like a Maple Leafs fan. And it's true. I mean, it's just like, why bother? I mean, I felt like that as a Blues fan for a long time. I was like, yeah, they'll be good during the playoff or during the regular season. And I'll enjoy it and stuff. But like when we get to the playoffs, I'm like, all right, well, this is what it's all about. I hope you do something. So, so yeah. there you go. I hope you do something. <laughs> Way to go. Um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm not even going to really add anything. I mean, I don't think, I don't think they can be a, play, a Stanley Cup competitor this year. And if they can't be that, then why are they bothering? Um, so why don't we go ahead and jump into the Pacific division and talk about the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks made a lot of moves. They added Alex Kalorn, Radko Gudis, Robert Hag, Alex Stalock, Ilya Labushkin, possibly Leo Carlson, and a guy named T-Bone Cod that they invited <laughs> to camp. Uh, but I was very much disappointed to realize that that's not his legal name. I mean, oh. I should have known that, but it's on me. Um, but still, <laughs> they also brought in they brought in Greg Cronin and replaced Dallas Eakins. And they also saw Kevin Shattenkirk depart and Michael Delzato retire. Uh, when it comes to this team, I feel like, um, you know, I mean, I think they're still going to be bad this year. I'll give them some credit. They tried to get a little better. I'm not sure Robert Hag and Ilya Labushkin and Radko Gudas are my idea of a, of a vastly improved defense, but you certainly can't accuse them of not doing anything to improve their defense. Um, is John Gibson done done, or is he um, just, you know, Tom Dundon? I mean, uh, is he just, uh, does he have any gas left in the tank? Uh, will Mason, McTav- Mason McTavish, Mason mctavish trevor zegris and jamie drysdale uh take a big step forward and make them at least watchably bad or are they going to stay kind of in that development era uh how big an impact is leo carlson going to have um you know do they have that kind of elite talent for the future rebuild or are they still trying to find that a lot of questions about the future here um but i you know i think they're pretty relevant for this season your thoughts yeah i mean it's it's a team that's still in full rebuild like it's still a team that like just isn't going to be very good this season and so I think you're right it's going to be a lot of questions about like their younger players and how they're developing and McTavish and Zegris and Drysdale um Leo Carlson I think will play there so like that'll be kind of interesting to see um but other than that, like, there's just not a lot going on with this team that interests me. I guess you could talk about, like you said, is, is, um, I can't think of his name. You probably have it written down somewhere. What's their goalie's name? John Gibson. Gibson. Why did I think Anderson? I was thinking way long, too long ago. Um, is he going to stay on that team? Is he going to be traded? Does he have any trade value? Um, he used to. I don't know if he, he does anymore. Contract. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that he does anymore. Not with that contract and how he plays, um, which is so crazy. That's just such a drop to me compared to what he used to be. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're a Ducks fan, you can kind of watch as they tinker around the edges and see your young guys get better. But beyond that, it's going to be another rough season. Yep. Agreed. Uh, will it be another rough season for the Calgary Flames, though? They brought in Jordan Osterley and Igor Sharangovich. They let Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lucic, Trevor Lewis, and Troy Stetcher move on. And most importantly, they replaced Daryl Sutter with Ryan Huska. Um, they have to be better this season. Everyone says it, but they're not going to be, are they? Are they? 
how big an impact can uh, Sutter really make on this team? Could he really be that big of an impact on the entire roster? Maybe. Um, can this team keep anyone in Calgary? Will they get a new stadium? I got a lot of questions about the Calgary Flames right now, Ian, but I'm not sure any of my answers are positive. Are you more bullish than I am? Not necessarily. I think they're a very, very, very 50-50 team. Like they're a team that they make the playoffs. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense to the Calgary Flames. They got Jonathan Huberto, they've got um all the rest of them. They've got Nazim Kadri, they've got Weger, they've you know, they've got they've got plenty of players, they've got Lindholm for now, like but at the same time, if they don't make the playoffs, it's like, well, yeah, they're not a very good, they're not a very good team. Um, and I agree, like it is kind of like, did Sutter make that big of a difference on this team? And it's kind of funny because it's like, well, yeah, he was obviously a big problem. They made it, you know, I think that's pretty evident given what a lot of the players have said or alluded to. But at the same time, like Sutter was brought in a season or two prior, like in the middle of the season, right? And like they made the playoffs and they looked great. And granted, they lost to Edmonton in five games, but like they had a great season. And you had different guys on the team and Kachuk and Gaudreau, but like you you played well under Sutter. And so I don't know if there's just players like Kadri, like Huberto, that were new, big pieces of the team and just didn't respond to that coach very well, but you gotta hope you gotta hope it was the coach because if it wasn't, then they're gonna have a big issue with some of these guys that locked up to long contracts being there and not playing all that well. Like you really gotta hope Huberto bounces back this year and looks a lot better. Um, he doesn't necessarily need to be like the Florida Panthers season he had, you know, two years prior, but he does need to be better than last season. And I don't know, they're just really they're just a really iffy team. And Markstrom too, like Markstrom had like a really bad season last year. And I think a lot of shine has come off that guy. Like he looks good with Vancouver for a while. He looked really good against us when we played him in the bubble. And then it's just kind of been all downhill since then. And I don't know if he's, if that's just a couple of seasons where, you know, an aberration or if he's able to like correct that and become the Markstrom he once was. I think that's like a big question mark for me. Yeah. I mean, I think with him, it has a lot to do with uh, starting 60 games in a row, a lot of seasons. Mm. Like he started 60 or played in 60 games, three of the last five seasons and obviously a couple of those in the middle were COVID shortened. So he didn't even really have that opportunity. Um, you know, he was really bad last year. He was really, really good the season before that. So you just got to hope it's an anomaly there. And, and, you know, he, he has a chance to rebound this season, but I think a lot of their hopes hinge on him. Um, but I would rather have Jacob Markstrom as a goaltender than either of the goalies the Edmonton Oilers have right now. I guess Stuart Skinner's okay, um, but I don't have a ton of faith in the Edmonton Oilers, I will say that. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the Oilers, who really haven't done much of anything? Uh, they brought in Connor Brown. They saw Kyler Yamamoto, Nick Bustad, and Quim Costin depart. Um, what are you thinking here? where your where's your where's your money on the oilers i mean they it is very much like the toronto maple leafs where it's like a regular season doesn't really matter too much because you just need that playoff success there'll be a playoff team for sure they didn't really do all that much with this team but i don't know that you 
necessarily had to. I mean, I think even just adding um, Matt Cole last year on the blue line was like a big gift for them, and he's still there this year. I agree with you. I think it's it's goaltending for me that's the scariest um, for them, where it's just like I don't know that Stuart Skinner can necessarily handle the load, and um, it's just, I don't know. It's I feel like that's always been their problem, right? I mean, it's been defense too, but like, feel like even though when they've worked that out a little bit better it's always been a goaltending issue and i still think it's there um and it's always a question of well they can can they overcome it with like you know just insane best in league scoring and they seem to be able to overcome it in the regular season but the playoffs kind of a different story um and teams manage to figure them out somehow i still think they're they're gonna crack it i just think mcdavid and drysdale are too good to not win a cup together. And I think they're going to manage to drag like a league average goalie to a cup. It's happened many a time in the past. And I just think Stuart Skinner, can you be decent? And it's like, yes, I can. It's like, we win the cup. It's like, then we win. (laughs) And it's not completely that, but like, that's what it feels like to me. And so, you know, there'll be a playoff team and we'll just see if they can, um, beat the Knights, right? I feel like that's their that's their dragon they have to slay. They have to beat the Golden Knights to make it into the, I guess, conference final. Have they made it into a conference final? Oh, I guess yeah, they did. they've they never won a game. But they get swept. They've never won a game in the conference final with uh, uh, Connor McDavid there. Okay. And I see the I see the other side of the coin a little differently than you, I guess, because I think it I think as good as McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are, they've never made it past halfway in the playoffs. And Dreisaitl's going to need a new contract in two years. He's going to expect to be the highest paid player in hockey. Um, and then McDavid is obviously going to expect to dwarf that a couple of years after that. Can they afford to keep both? I mean, they have to. One would think they're just too good. How do you let either of those guys go? How do you trade either of those guys? Um, but at the same time, if they're paying those guys a combined 30 two 36 35 million god knows how much like i know the cap will go up but it's not going to go up that much so like um i don't know what you do uh but hopefully they figure something out this year and and you know can make a deep run because i agree with you i think those guys deserve it and are worth it but uh we'll see we'll see um, the Los Angeles Kings added Pierre Luc Dubois, Trevor Lewis, Cam Talbot, and will be adding youngster Brant Clark, who is a defenseman many people are very high on. They lost Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and Rasmus Kuparzi, Kupari, and the uh PLD deal. And was Sean Dursley part of that too, or did they trade him elsewhere? I can't remember. Sean Walker and Eunice Corpusallo and Cal Peterson are all out. Sinbin Vegas said the Kings suddenly look terrifying down the middle of the ice. Dubois now slots in with Andre Kopitar and Phil Deneau to make a trio of centers that will be incredibly difficult to play against. And my response is, really? I just don't like I guess I guess I'm probably being too hard on on Dubois, especially, but I just don't see those as like an elite trio of centers. Like a lot of teams, most teams don't have three centers that good. hundred percent agree with that. But I just don't like, I would rather have two really, really good centers than have three guys that I think are like pretty good, you know? Um, and maybe I'm wrong for that, but uh, you got to wonder about 
Quentin Byfield, I'm not sold on PLD. I think they gave up a ton to get him. Uh, but I think the biggest question with uh, the Kings is that Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot obviously uh, can't be the goaltenders on a seriously competitive team. It seems pretty clear that the Kings are waiting for one of uh, Connor Hellebuck or UC Saros to shake loose. Um, but what is their plan if that doesn't happen? Um, and then my other question for the Kings are, uh, is how long do you think Todd McClellan stays there if they have a bumpy start to the season at all? Ian, your thoughts or answers to any of those questions? I mean, I think I'm right with you. Like, I don't think PLD is going to make like a huge difference on this team, or I wouldn't expect him to. Um, not so much that they're like just so much better this year than they were last year, but I mean, he's, he's a good center. He probably fits better on their second line. Probably might fit better with LA than he ever did with Winnipeg. Um, but aside from that, like, I just didn't see that much of a, a jump for them, that much of a change, uh, from this year to last year, hopefully, you know, they're still making the playoffs and you would hope that they can win a round, but I don't, I don't know. Who's their goalie now? Um, like I said, Cam Talbot or Phoenix. Oh, yeah, I don't. I mean, they're obviously waiting for one of those one of those top goalies to be traded, Hellebuck or Saros or or maybe yeah. somebody else. But um, they really got. I think they really they probably, cross their fingers for Hellebuck. They probably should have just paid to keep Corpusalo, who they had last year, and uh, you know did really well there. I mean, I know I just kind of dragged him as the guy to as the guy to be the answer in in Ottawa, but like, man. I just don't know how you as a team that expects to be playoff competitive and is probably hoping to start to make make a little bit of a wave in the playoff can just go into a season with Talbot and Copley and hope for the best. I mean, I know I know that they're obviously the team that makes the most sense for Connor Hellebuck at this point, uh, but Connor Hellebuck hasn't been traded yet. And you don't get to make you don't get to ensure that he does get traded you know so it's just all a big kind of cluster to me and and very risky i would say what they're doing right now but i do think i think you're right though i think if they get off to a poor start it's got to be mcclellan because they just have to make some sort of change i feel like they are a a much better version if this even makes sense a much better version of the red wings and that they've gotten to this point which is making the playoffs and being a pretty good regular season team. And they've kind of stalled out a bit where it's just like, where's, where's that next jump coming from? Where, how are you getting over the hump? Because it seems like Edmonton and Vegas are just better than you are. Yep. Plain and simple. Uh, Ian, here's the rest of these teams for that. uh, I think we can move through pretty quick because a lot of them are more of the same from last year. San Jose added Duquer, uh, Kyle Burrows, Mackenzie Blackwood, Mikhail Grandlin, Yan Ruta, and maybe William Equin starting the season with the team, probably. Uh, Stephen Lawrence, James Reimer, and of course, Eric Carlson left. I really don't have a lot to say. They did a good job getting rid of the Carlson contract. They're still going to be really bad. It's a long and painful road ahead. I guess you just watch Eric William Eckwind and any of the other kids and hope for the best. Um, but they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Anything you want to add on the Sharks? Um, I don't know who first overall is this year, but you got to hope that that's who you're that getting. Kid, it's that kid with a crazy name, prospective 2024 NHL draft. I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's like, fun, it's fucking nuts. I think it's like 
Yeah, Macklin Celebrini is his name. Macklin Celebrini? Macklin Celebrini. Um, no thanks. Want to see what, what's his position? No thanks. Bye, center. center. Boston University. Hmm. Um, all right. <laughs> well, good. That you can't even use that in a name. You can't even use that in like a fun rhyme. Of course you can. Um, it would be be a big weenie for Macklin Celebrity. Oh wow! <laughs> or make your, to you. Or make your wins teeny for Macklin Celebrity. <laughs> uh, all right, Seattle Kraken. Are you done with it? When you done with the Sharks? Yeah, that was a perfect. All thing. right, Seattle Kraken added Pierre Edward Belmer. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto and Brian Dumoulin. They lost Daniel Sprong, Morgan Geeky, Ryan Donato, and Carson Susi. They had 19 players that scored at least three goals last season, 13 that scored at least 13, and six that reached the 20-goal milestone. I know what happened to the Blues the year after they had nine players reach the 20-goal milestone, <laughs> and it wasn't pretty. Um, do they have enough star power to remain competitive and and repeat what they did last year uh vince dunn is making 7.35 million dollars a season i don't really have a i don't really have a thought on that but damn uh that just still i knew him. it and i still blew my mind uh maddie veneers uh can he keep his can he be as good in his sophomore season as he was in his rookie season how good will shame right be and i think the biggest question for the seattle kraken uh is just can the version of philip grubauer that we saw in last year's playoffs actually hold up and be regular season philip grubauer because if they can do that they're probably in pretty good shape uh, and i think they're probably a playoff team if they get just league average goaltending from him because they managed to be a pretty good playoff team last year without having anywhere near that so um you know, I think that's the biggest question is just kind of ours. Is their scoring going to be able to keep up with lackluster goaltending or will the goaltending get enough better that they don't have to worry about it? But any uh, thoughts you want to share about the Seattle Kraken, who will be one of the teams in the Winter Classic this year, as well as the oh, Canucks, I assume? Um, no, it's the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They should play in Vegas. I know they're playing the in Seattle, but they should play the in Vegas. The league will not reward the Canucks under oh, any no. circumstances. And nor should they. Nor should they. <laughs> we'll get to that. Seattle, yeah. I mean, I I root for them. They're the team, they're the team I like to watch on ESPN uh, <laughs> when the Blues aren't playing. Granted, they also start all their games at freaking 9 or 10 or whatever. So I watch the pregame and then go to sleep. Um, I like them a lot. I hope Shane Wright can be something of this year again if he takes a little bit longer um you know in the hl that's fine he looked pretty good down there too so you know it can kind of be what it is maddie berniers you know like you mentioned hopefully it doesn't have a sophomore slump um but i still think they're just a really good deep team that can i mean i'm more sold on what they did last year i think than I am like a lot of other playoff teams, like a lot of other teams that kind of came out of nowhere. Like I believe yeah. with what they have on that roster that they can do it again. Like I think with Veneers and I'll, I'm going to name short second just because, you know, I don't know. Cause you know why <laughs> that's our dude. That's our guy. Um, and, and, and who else they got? Who's the other, um, my brain, my brain just going tonight. 
Um, Don Scoy, Shane Wright. Uh, oh, Don Scoy. Uh, Jordan, you know, Jordan, Don Scoy? Jordan Everly. Jordan Everly, thank you. Um, and who's the guy they got from Columbus? Jesus, Ian. Sorry, I can't remember any of them. You don't think you're going to have 20 questions tonight? Uh, Columbus. Yeah, they like from Columbus? not this year. They got him last summer. They like uh, traded for him. I think they traded Oliver him. Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand. Yeah, like he looked really good in the playoffs for a little they while. Yanni Gore, Jared McCann. He's the one that's really good. Had a crazy season last year. I don't want to say. I don't want to say a question their goaltending again because I feel like that's all I say about some of these teams. But it's true. It's just you know, is Philip Grewer not going to be complete ass? Um, because he looked in, like you said, he looked good in the playoffs. He played well in the playoffs. That's enough to, you know, get him in a right headspace and playing well during the regular season. You know, hopefully that's all he needs. Um, but I still I still think this is a really strong team that's gonna be hard playing Edmonton, it's gonna be hard playing um Vegas. I mean, last year, what they went through the central, yeah, because they beat the Avalanche. And they had to play Dallas, and Dallas ended up beating them. But that was a really tight series too. Um, and I'd like to see what they what they look like in in the Pacific because I think there are there are teams like Calgary if they made the playoffs, or you know Los Angeles. I think Seattle's probably still going to beat just because they have that score by committee um, mindset and setup. But like you said, it is kind of one of those things where they had so much scoring from so many different players last year that it's like, is that really going to be something you can rely on again this year? Um, maybe not, but maybe a guy like Beniers takes off and eats some up, you know, eats up some of those goals that somebody else is dropping off from. So um Jared McCann, I forgot about Jared McCann. You, Jared McCann, forget about Jared McCann. I tried to talk about him, but then you over-talked me about the goaltending situation. Didn't he have 40 goals last year? I think so, which is, man, that guy was like nothing for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> for being like a high draft pick, he moved around a lot. And he I was like, well. From, he went from Jared McCouldn't to Jared McMite to Jared McCain. <laughs> 40 goals and 30 assists in 79 games. He's very good. He's the Oscar Sundquist of the Seattle Kraken, a Philadelphia, a a Pittsburgh cast-off that went on to great things. No Brian Rust or Teddy Bluger here. He's the real deal. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think more than any other team, maybe this is a team where goaltending is the central question because their defense is metrically very strong. Their offense is obviously deep, even if they don't have that top end talent and they're not in a very good division. So if they can get just like, like you said, and like I said, just league average goaltending, they're going to be just fine. Um, and if group is a disaster again, they might struggle a little bit because I don't necessarily trust their goal scoring to hold up at such a high level. But the good news for the Seattle Kraken is uh, they will never look as embarrassing as their arch rival, the Vancouver Canucks, who are terrible. Speaking of Teddy Bluger, they added him and Carson Soucy and Ian Cole. They lost Kyle Burroughs, Oliver Ekman Larson to a buyout and Ethan Bear. Uh, are, are, are the Canucks going to be better than this year no 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 they will not they're um i just don't see the argument quinn hughes is captain you go quinn coco but for the rest of the team um i mean this obviously demko is good enough that you know if he spikes a vesna season and and the rest of the team plays just okay enough they could sneak into the playoffs in this division but 
the Canucks, they're sad to me, man. Yeah, it's been a long drop since like the years of like the late whatever 20 aughts, early 20 teens, where they were. Just, I remember like, hating force. this team, man. Oh, yeah. And now I just feel like pity for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This team, I fucking hated them. And now, yeah, exactly. And now it's like, oh, I like looking at their, they have a, a fair amount of guys coming off the books next summer and the summer after that. Um, so I mean you could you could theoretically there's space here to like really just turn it over and try and I don't know start a new rebuild, but you do have JT Miller signed for like forever for another like seven years. Um Elias Pedersen is going to be due a new contract next summer. He's making seven point three five. You're thinking that's going to be north of 10 million. Um Brock Bester's there and hopefully can rebound, but is also like wanted a trade, but is still there. Um Connor Garland's still there. Like their defenses, Quinn Hughes and like his merry men. Like it's just like Tyler Myers is there. They have Philip Pronick, Carson Susie, Ian Cole. Like this, this defense is very sad. Um, like you said, Thatcher Demko could be their saving grace, and like he's go you know, bounce back season look really good. Um, but there's just there's like just not a lot to be excited for on this team, honestly. That's like feels like such a stark contrast. Even a couple of years ago, when like Elias Pettersson was a rookie and and Quinn Hughes is a rookie, and it was like, oh, these guys are so good, and they have all these young players, and like they just haven't really had anyone else really pan out necessarily, and they just haven't done much to bolster this team around them. Like you lost Bo Horvat, so like because you kept JT Miller and JT Miller, maybe not quite as bad as people make him out to be at least defensively, but he's not very good and he's 30 and he's still signed for seven more years. And it's just like, I don't know what the plan is here. And you, the people that had this team only look better by comparison because the guy who was the GM prior to them sucked so bad. Like, it's just like, I would feel so powerless and helpless as a fan to be like we went from this guy to um fucking the guy that used to run the penguins now his old ass at like 85 who's not even the gm but pretty much is the gm we have like a shadow puppet gm um i don't know how this i don't know how this city puts up with it quite honestly like you're in a hockey crazed country in one of their biggest cities and this team just sucks and I think they're always talking about underlying numbers actually aren't that bad for them. I, it doesn't matter. They never make the playoffs. Like they're, they're not even going to sniff it this year, but they're also not quite so bad that they're going to be like in a full rebuild because they have guys like Pedersen and Hughes there. They'll do just enough. Um, man, it's sad. They're a sad team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they really are. I don't have a lot more to say. I'm angry, sad. They bought out. You know what? They bought out OEL. That's good for them. That's an improvement. It's slowly, slowly, slowly heading in the right direction. But yeah, a lot of pity for the Vancouver Canucks. No pity for the Vegas Golden Knights, though. They're going to be really good. Maxime Comfort came in. They lost a lot of talent. Riley Smith, Laurent Brassois, Phil Kessel, Teddy Bluger, Nolan Patrick, and Jonathan Quick. I think my big and really my only Vegas Golden Knights question is this is a team that gave big money in the offseason to Ivan Barbashev and Aiden Hill. Um, 
which is a very typical move for a Stanley Cup winning team to reward its heroes with uh, mm-hmm. good contracts. It's a very anti-Golden Knights move, though. So my only real question with the Golden Knights is, now that they've won, are they going to lose the edge that made them successful in the first place? But that's really more of a long-term question, not a this-season question, I think. For this season, they're still going to probably be the best team in this division and the team to beat coming out of the Pacific. Uh, anything you want to add? No, oh, yeah, they're just going to be going to be a big threat. I I really want to see them play like a an Avalanche and like the final or like the conference finals or or something like that. Or Vegas versus Seattle would be really neat. Like, there's a lot of cool matchups I think of for them. Um, even in the even in the finals, if they made it back that far, like no offense to Florida, but Florida was cool. I'm glad Florida was there, but I'd love to see. I don't know. I'd, <laughs> Toronto ever made it to the Stanley Cup? I love to see Vegas versus Toronto because it's like the historic franchise oh, that's taken forever I'd have to, to win. One of those teams to root for. Though. I know. Yeah. yeah, it'd just be interesting stories. But like, yeah, Vegas, yeah. they'll be they'll be very good again. They've got a very good core. It's slowly aging. Like Petrangelo's obviously getting up there. Mark Stone physically isn't really all there but like he's they'll put tape all over him and he'll play as much as he can and and he'll still have a great performance um march or so so their eichel's there like they've got a lot of really good players there and um yeah i definitely think they'll probably be first in the division if if edmonton isn't willing to take that big i don't know step as a whole team to like just hit the gas full speed but it's it's weird. I forget that they won the cup. Honestly, I kind of still think like the Avalanche won the cup. Like I maybe it's just because yep. this only happened whatever three months ago. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, the Avalanche are the reigning champions, and I'm like, oh wait, no, Vegas won. <laughs> I think I don't know. Maybe it's just that they won. So they won that final pretty decidedly. Like Florida had run out of gas, um, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a shame. It would have been nice to have, like go to a game seven or have a lot of back and forth, but Vegas just that good. I just think you watch some of these teams that win, right? And it's either, I think it's always a team that has a lot of depth, but like sometimes you get teams that are just crazy top heavy. Um, Like if, if Edmonton wins, you know, the crazy top heavy, but like, but even then I would say if they win, it's probably because a lot of their depth players showed up and that's what happened with, with Vegas. And like, they're just a team that's so deep that it's just hard to, pick an area where it's like oh here's the here's the weak link for this team i mean shit it should have been goaltending <laughs> and aiden hill saved the day and they before that they had uh do they have brissot yeah they had like saved the day for a while while thompson was out and it was just like they've managed to do it and i don't know it's it's always kind of i think with the blues having won the cup the way they did in retrospect i do always find it really interesting to see what team like gels together when it matters and just like everybody pulls in the same direction and it seems very rare that you actually get two going head to head like that and it's just vegas was that team last year where like i mean barbershev was like a fantastic pickup for them like there's a guy that i thought would be like oh he'll be good but he's not going to be what you think he's needs what you think you need him to be for you and he kind of was and i was like oh shit uh you played really well um but yeah, I envy the Golden Knights. There you go. There, I said it. That's right. Um, Ian, final thing, lightning round, gun to your head. Uh, who makes the 
playoffs out of the Atlantic Division and the Pacific Division go? Um, Atlantic's going to be Toronto, Toronto, Tampa, Buffalo, and Florida. And then, ooh. I don't know. I can't. I'll, I'll believe Ottawa when I see it. I just need to see it. I believe in Buffalo more than I do Ottawa right now. So we'll see. Um, Pacific. I don't think the Central is so strong by any means that they'll that they'll have five positions. So we'll just go with four for the Pacific. Um, Vegas, Edmonton, Seattle, Calgary. Ooh, you think the Kings miss it, huh? I don't I know. Probably, I, I would probably agree with you and say, except I would probably say the Kings instead of Calgary. But what about um, the Atlantic? Uh, no, I'd agree with you fully on the Atlantic. Oh, Florida. Yeah. Please, Buffalo. I, I would like jump on, I'll jump on that bandwagon so fast. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, folks, we've been going for nearly two hours. I haven't even eaten dinner yet, Ian. I thought I'm using the Eastern boop, Time Zone. Beep pop boop. I'll do a little quick little podcast and eat after. And now I'm starving. So folks, well, I had to take a cataclysmic shit before this. So. That's right. So everyone, uh, whether you're taking a cataclysmic shit or starving to death, we hope you're doing great. Those are the only two options. Don't be anything in between. <laughs> I hope um, you pick wisely. We wish you the best. Next week, we'll talk about the Central Division and the St. Louis Blues. And then the week after that, we'll be talking about real hockey. So it's almost here, folks. Just hold on a little while longer and have a wonderful rest of your week. See ya. I am still living with your ghost. Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast I don't want to be your downtown I don't want to be your stupid game With my big black boots and an old suitcase I do believe I'll find myself a new place I don't Beside the ocean